0: Our Gospel reading this morning from John's Gospel in the 20th chapter. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple And they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, sir. If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, hallelujah, Christ is risen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you where you have gathered us together around your presence and to rest in the peace that you have brought to us through Jesus. We pray that you would work by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us ever rest in that promise of life and salvation through Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. It's been an amazing development uh, that we've been able to see over the years, and it's always quite interesting to me remembering back Even two decades ago, or a little bit further back, when you could go to an event and everybody that went to the event watched the event, or maybe listened to it on a radio if you were too far away to see the stuff happening on the field at a sporting event, but everybody watched the event. Now, it's interesting, you go somewhere, and more often than not, you can watch the event, but you see these little three-by-five video screens all throughout, either trying to record it or take pictures of it, because no longer does it seem that your word is maybe quite good enough to tell somebody that you're at the event. But you need the pictures, you need the videos, you need all of the proof of all of the stuff going on. And, you know, there's times I bet we wish we had some of that from Jesus' day. I mean, all we have from Jesus' day are the words, right? There's been some new archaeological discoveries, actually, and there are actually some pictures from that day Uh, Even back before Jesus, one of the first ones actually is um, Moses. It's pretty amazing how good the clarity was for 1,500 years before Jesus as they came through the Red Sea. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, the selfie culture we thought was new, but I mean, really, people all throughout time have been a little bit self-focused and want to show that they're at some particular place. Huh. As, why Jesus and his friends, man? You, you get a good shot with the disciples as you're gathering together. I and mean, it's a little pixelated, but not bad. Last Supper? <laughs> Even in that day, you still got the shot up the guy's nose when they're trying to get the picture. And if you ever want to know what it it's like, yeah, that was a hard one. But he wanted to show people, you know, what was going on. But today's Easter. And uh, so as the pictures went on, I think they had kind of a development in filters and things too. Uh, it gets a little clearer, empty tomb, resurrection, you know, smile on his face once again. But think through that time, I mean, that moment when Monday Thursday had happened, Jesus had sat with his disciples, knowing that one was going to betray, betray him. Judas leaves the party, goes out. Goes to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave in the Old Testament, he hands over his friend, his teacher, the one whom he had seen miracles happen by the hand of. And then the dark of the garden after that dinner, as they go out singing hymns and singing songs and praying in the dark of the garden at Gethsemane, as Jesus prays to his father for that cup of wrath, for that judgment for sin, to happen in some other way when he says, let this cup be taken from me. Father, if it's your will, let this happen in any other way. Yet as your son, let your will be done, right? Taken out in the dark, Judas then betrays him with a kiss, stands alone in the garden as all of the company that came with the chief priests, uh, take Jesus off to be tried, then bouncing back and forth between the chief priests and Herod and Pilate and everything else all throughout the middle hours of the night and the early mornings and then the beatings and everything else that happened on Good Friday and then left after the sky had gone dark in the middle of the day, the temple curtain torn in two, Jesus' last breath on that cross is taken. Jesus' final words. It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. My work is done. Think about the juxtaposition of that for just a second. All of this work leading up for Christ, and then in that moment, before the Sabbath hits, before that weekly Sabbath rest, that seventh day, he completes his work. Sound a little familiar? Go back to creation. Similar thing goes on. God speaks everything into existence, sets everything up, everything is working perfectly, and he says, this is very good, and he rests. Jesus rested in the tomb, buried, and everyone expected that that was the end. That was it. That's what any of us would think. I mean, there he was. Mary was there. Joseph of Arimathea was there. Nicodemus was there. All of these folks were there to lay him in the tomb. You have all of these eyewitnesses there to know that he was not fainted. He was not uh, kidding. He was dead. So they went back home in the dark of the Sabbath to rest and mourn and grieve. Then, Easter. But in their minds, really nothing had changed. I mean, there Mary goes out to the tomb to prepare the body of her Lord now that the Sabbath rest is over. And in the early hours of the morning, while it was still dark, she has her myrrh and oils and all the other things to start the burial process for Jesus. And you can just imagine her surprise when the tomb is opened. Remember, it was sealed. It had a guard in front of it. I can just imagine the conversations going on in her mind as she was going there. What am I going to say to the guard? Are they going to let me in? Do they think that I'm going to take the body away? How are we going to respectfully take care of this situation? And then, there's no one there. The guard is gone. The stone is rolled away. Everything that she thought would be there wasn't. I mean, not even Jesus. He was gone. Emptiness. The very one whom she saw die and buried the day before, not there. She runs back to all of the other disciples and remember that in that day and place, if you were going to concoct a story of something, the way the events and the account of the resurrection play out is not how you would write it by any means. You see, because you wouldn't have a woman in that day be the first witness of things, okay? Her word would not have been listened to. Her word would not have been believed. There would have been no reason for anybody to trust her word. In fact, Whether it was out of doubt or excitement, the disciples went to go verify this, right? Peter and John running along, making it to the tomb, and John is very apt to make sure that you knew he was faster. I always love that part. I got there first. Peter showed up, and he rushed in, and then the one who got there first went in and saw things, right? But even the way that the tomb was left, the linen cloths that they had wrapped around their dead Savior, the one who was there and laid before the day before. The linen cloths that were around him were off to the side. The very table that he was laid upon, empty. And then this face cloth, even that was attended to. It wasn't just thrown off to the side like somebody left in a rush. It was folded, placed perfectly, sitting right on the edge of things. A little bit of a note just saying I'm going to be right back here this is know that I've taken care of things know that I've put everything in order and I'll be back kind of like how when you get up from a fancy dinner and you put your napkin on your seat or you put your napkin on the back let folks know you're going to be back to that seat Jesus is saying I'm going to be right back and then what a beautiful moment that I'm sure Mary wishes she could have caught in some other way after the disciples had left pondering and wondering things, and Mary stands there and looks in and sees an image that is so close to even the Ark of the Covenant that had been such a symbol of their people and rested in the temple for years upon years as you have this place where the very word and presence and body of our Lord was, with an angel on each side, this mercy seat, this place where forgiveness would come from this place where our Lord had promised to be present with his people, in that ark, in the temple, but now in this empty tomb. Even there, our Lord reigns, and even there, our Lord has victory, in that death no longer has strength to do anything in that setting. Jesus raised for you, He raised for Mary, And as Mary leaves talking to the angels and goes outside to kind of ponder these things for just a minute, she sees this man standing there, and I love this, assuming him to be the gardener, hey, just tell me where you took the body. Just fess up to me. I'm not going to hold you accountable for anything. Just let me know where you laid him so that we know where he's at because we need to honor him. We need to make sure that his death happened in this proper and respectful way. Would you just please let me know where he's at? And with one word, her name, Jesus opens her eyes. That's all it took. Mary. She looked up and saw him for the first time, the resurrected Lord. Think about how beautiful that is even for you. In your baptism, as you are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, your name is spoken as well. And as God the Father looks down and sees you claimed as his child, and all that Christ has done for you, he knows you by name, opens your eyes and your heart by name to see who Jesus is fully and truly, without pictures and without videos and without all of that other proof, but by the Holy Spirit working upon your heart to trust the word of those who saw it firsthand. Nearly 2,000 years ago, this account happened. And written about within 10 to 20 years of it happening. And even sooner as the disciples would speak about it. And they would walk around and tell people of this wonderful thing. As the ladies who were there would speak about it. And as all of the events were going on. And for those 40 days after the resurrection that Jesus was present. Paul lets us know over 500 brethren saw him at one time. And if you want to go talk to him, go for it. These folks that had this first-hand account to be able to see Jesus alive, not just a spiritual entity floating around, but in flesh and blood, eating and drinking with them to show that life wins. In any of the moments where death seems to take a victory, ultimately, life wins. Because of Christ. Because Mary has seen the Lord, And because of their account and all of those words, you have seen him too. Maybe not in the same bodily way, but by faith, you see him. When he's placed into your hands in communion, where he promises to be for you, you see him. Where you see his love that would shine like no other work through the hands and feet of his baptized children and their words as they care for you and one another and as you care for others you see the work of god being done and there will come a day when christ returns just as he had promised just as he had laid that face cloth down in the tomb for mary and those to know that he was going to come back he's given you his word i'll be back i will return And then, what a beautiful moment, when you're going to look up and go, I've seen the Lord. And you get to live with him into eternity because of what he has worked out for you in his death and his resurrection. What a joy to hold on to. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we look forward to the day where words and pictures and Proofs will not be needed, but Christ will walk amongst his creation in a real presence as we will enjoy eternity in your presence as you have made us uh, able to do, as you have redeemed us through the work of your Son, dear Father. As Christ has died and risen for us so that we would be forgiven of our sins and made right before you. We pray that until that day comes, you work by your spirit to keep our eyes focused upon Christ and all that he has done for us. And though we walk through dark times, even the valley of the shadow of death, we won't fear anything that goes on in those moments because we know that you have won and you give us the victory. In Jesus' name, amen.